You're listening to the Cinema Snarks Podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Ren. And today we're going to tell you how we really feel about the film Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And oh. a little bit of Michelle Yao's filmography. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was about to say, oh my God, it was so good. <laughs> That's really how I feel. <laughs> Just to kick us off. But we both went inside at a sort of early screening because the rollout of this film has been quite odd. Initially, it was, it was advertised as coming out on March 25th, but then they were like, Oh, just kidding. That's only LA and New York. So we were like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, great. And then they were like, all right, it'll, it'll come out a little bit more places on the first, but not here still not in Denver, but it is getting a nationwide release officially on April 8th, but we saw it at a Denver Film members screening this past week, which was fun. Denver Film out here doing a whole Michelle Yeoh like program to yes. celebrate. So we figured we would do a little podcast yeah. about Michelle Yeoh. Also, because when we went to the screening, uh, the the guy, the uh, is he the the head, like the programming director? He's the programming director of the the Sci Film Center. He went through all of Michelle Yao's work, and I went, "Oh man, I apparently am a Michelle Yao super fan because I've seen all of these films, mostly <laughs> accidental." To be honest, um, I mean, I love her. I think she's yeah. fantastic, but I've not made like a conscious effort to be like, "Oh, Michelle Yao's in it." Well, I better go see it. <laughs> Um, and that's partially, we'll talk about this, but that's partially also because she is largely underutilized given her incredible level of talent. And also that a lot of her early films are, um, I have never seen Chinese because like, they are, yeah, they're Chinese films, not, not just actual Chinese. They're all, they're like bargain bin. Like if you want them, you got to find like a, a bootleg copy. <laughs> he was telling us how to cut. I mean, they're showing it at the the film center but he's like yeah uh before this you had to like hunt for this little vhs tape that like two were made in the world we're like what y'all <laughs> i am 35 years old and the early days of being a film nerd were hard <laughs> but the latest from michelle or i should say starring michelle is everything everywhere all at once which is directed by the duo that simply go by daniels uh, distributed by the indie powerhouse A24, when an interdimensional rupture unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Wow, what an epic, uh, like, summary for the film. <laughs> what an really... epic summary. <laughs> um, I... I I had seen this once before, uh, before I went with Ren, actually, and mm -hmm. I loved it the first time, and I think I loved it even more watching it the second time. Uh, I loved it. I enjoyed I this film. I had only seen it once, but it was on my list of most highly anticipated films of 2022, and I was correct. Yes. This is everything I want yeah, in the yeah. film, everywhere, all at once. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we just got that, like, 
epic uh, summary for the film. And I think that's what I love is that it does, you know, we're, we're definitely on um, a multiverse trend. I've, look, I'm wearing my party Thor shirt and I've got Wanda behind me. So trying to, trying to give some multiverse uh, in, in my look for right now on this video review. Uh, but we're, we're in a multiverse world currently with superhero films. There's a lot of multiversing happening. Uh, so to get this one, that is a multiverse, obviously, but it's just so it not is- afraid to be weird not yes. afraid to be funny and crazy oh, it's delightfully <laughs> silly just the i think without spoiling it i can say that like one of the mechanisms for this multiverse is like the improbability and so people do improbably weird things and that's kind of what triggers this multiverse and so like it's just such a, a clever and hilarious way to make this movie silly in a um, just a, a delightful way, um, and it just gives so much levity to it. And yet, it also maintains this great depth um, that makes you connect with the characters throughout. Um, Michelle Yao is a goddess. <laughs> among acting talents she's so good in this film and um we're we're gonna talk about her again um but she has never gotten a chance to be this person before she has never gotten a chance to really strut her stuff her stuff is incredible um especially in this film just like all the different it's not even just she plays a lot of different versions of herself yeah like there, you know, there's a certain amount of like, oh, that's fun, and they yeah, do that yeah. a lot in like films, and you, oh, isn't that cool? They get to play an evil version of themselves or whatever. Really, with this is her main character has so much depth and growth, and she's funny and she's moving and she's uh, she's just so good. Yeah. Um, Stubborn. She, you're like, oh, girl. Sometimes you want to shake her. You're like, what are you saying? Like, stop doing that. Like, she a really well developed character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, the multiverse here. What I loved, as we talked a little bit about it and it being used, is that it's it's really used as a vehicle for the human experience. Like it's not just used. I think it's a really creative use to kind of showcase how we feel as humans, trying to find purpose and trying to search for acceptance or search for a certain something and i thought the multiverse here was utilized really well in really conveying those deeper messages that the film depicts um it's also just like aesthetically fun to watch the the costumes are so good again because you get this multiverse so you have this one character um that plays the daughter her name is stephanie sue i wanted to say um she is actually i couldn't remember where i had seen her before she plays actually kind of a similar character in the marvelous mrs nasal um so she was on the screen and just she she has this similar sort of like snarky sort of like sarcastic like little lightly troubled sort yeah. of angle to how she approaches things um but she she basically gets to wear most fun incredible costumes a person could ever get to wear um and the costume designer must have like just Love had her. a ball putting this together yes. um it, it was just so fun to watch um and i think 
you know, I think there's a missed opportunity with the the multiverse of Marvel. I mean, it's not a missed opportunity. They've made these choices specifically in a comic <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But like their, their multiverse is there so that they can basically change out all their actors and sort of rework their plot lines. Uh, yeah. But everything, all of their, the multiverse becomes um, a, a delightful center stage character in how this all goes down. It is the whole point of the movie is yeah. this multiverse. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, I, and, so the do- and all of the actors in the film oh. are also all very, very good. Um, yeah, Stephanie Sue, Sue is so great. good. Um, keep an eye out for her because she's just going to uh, keep going places. Kei um, Fu uh, Kwan, who plays the husband, we haven't really seen much of him since the Goonies. Um, yeah. He was so good. He was so good. And I loved that. I love them as a couple. Like I wouldn't have like bought their um, their chemistry right at the beginning. Like Michelle Yao is this just gorgeous, elegant, yeah. sort of like she like exudes peace. And he's this kind of like awkward, cute. Like if you've seen the Goonies, he's kind of like an adult version of that. Um, <laughs> and it's not not. But then like their relationship that those two types, they really do a good job of like as you go through understanding how they fit together and it's beautiful um i don't want to spoil anything but i think that was the other things is that like the relationships in this film on top of the wonderful silliness of the multiverse and the silly costumes and the silly things that happen and the incredible fight scenes the fight scenes are so well done actually so i looked up um kihui i'm sure we're saying it wrong um but uh, what he's been doing in the last, I don't know, when he's yeah. doing come out in the 80s in the last 30 <laughs> years um, is uh, fight directing. Um, yeah. So I, I imagine that was a part of what's been going on. Both of them, because I saw behind the scenes clips of Michelle specifically doing a lot of these action set pieces behind the scenes. So you have these two actors who clearly have the skill set to to do the the big cool awesome action set pieces yes. even in their older ages that they are now compared to you know back when they were really going ham but um yeah so it comes off seamless in these action set pieces it's amazing yeah it so just so production level wise it's a great a delight to watch yes. um it really Each world felt so distinct yet you know sometimes jarring because sometimes we go to some real weird places but that's part of what makes it great and what i love actually is that each of these weird places so you see it in the trailer so i'm not spoiling anything we have a place with rocks and we have a place with hot dog fingers those are probably the two most out there places that we travel to and and um the other stuff isn't spoiled of the trailer the other really kind of fun weird one but those two you know you laugh when you're in them because they are played for laughs and they're ridiculous but both of them come full circle to really poignant moments Mm -hmm. so i think that's just kind of like the specialness of this film is we're laughing at these crazy ridiculous things but then they circle back to even though we're rocks right now that human connection and feeling is still very present and you get this beautiful moment and I, i think that's one of the things i really appreciated is that very often in film, if you want to tell a serious story about serious 
topics. You must make everyone cry and it must be this heartbreaking sort of film and everything everywhere all at once does an incredible job of combining something that is visually stunning, really, really entertaining to watch the whole way through and also deals with very real, very human, relatable themes that um, that move you by the end. Um, it, I just, it's such a well put together film. I'm, I'm behind the Daniels hundred percent. Now I'll watch whatever they want to film. <laughs> just a yeah. 24. You thank God for them. They just keep on just <laughs> handing out great budgets for great movies. And I love it. I think this is a good follow-up for Daniels as well. After Swiss army man, I think they took all of the good from Swiss army man and then just approved upon everything in that movie. Because mm-hmm. it has a similar, you know, it, that film is also about human connection. And it's, you know, something we all relate to, like this loneliness. And it puts it in this weird context of a corpse that this man is just like dragging this corpse around everywhere with him. Uh, and you're like, okay, so this is weird. But that one, it still, it didn't hit like this one did. I feel like they kept that idea of really human emotions, really deep stuff that we all can gravitate towards and put it in this weird packaging. However, the story is just so much more complex, but well put together. The through line is really well done. They just up the game. Like this was learning from your first film and applying. And I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis, we haven't talked about her. Amazing. Oh my God. Yes. Let's please give Jamie Lee Curtis the opportunity to be a character actress forever and more. If that's what she wants to do, because she killed it. Like, as soon as I saw her on screen, I was like, yes, please give me more of this. Oh my God. I don't know. I mean, I know why, but also I don't understand why she hasn't gotten more opportunities like this in the past because she's, she was incredible as the character she was playing all the way around. I think it was another thing that I liked about this film. You could tell that every single person was having a blast the whole time. Like it just, it would have been such a fun movie to make. And it, you could tell that the actors were really enjoying doing what they were doing. Every single one of them. Um, I also love this, uh, the score. Uh, was really mm-hmm. an impactful like movies it was one thing it was it got grand with the film because it does it's a fun movie in that it kind of does border on being that epic like the like the synopsis sells you like you know yeah. there's these big epic action sets there's these epic scenes like this uh like this white room that we go to you see a little bit of it in the trailer with like this big black montage type of thing i mean it's amazing so it looks gorgeous while being so silly and i think that's I don't know. It's it's such a unique film in that regard. It's really hard to even think of other films that that balance like this. Yeah. I mean, y- you don't find daring filmmaking like this uh, that often, I would say. And when you do, maybe they're not given the budget that A24 was able to provide to the Daniels so they could make something big and crazy. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I really think it's like, almost perfect i i adore this film right now it's it's my favorite thing i've seen in 2022 to this point i mean and it's gonna be hard to top i don't know it's because we both if you listen to our oscar recap that we posted recently we talk about it we like to feel and we like to be entertained and we like to have 
fun. And movie does all of those things. It that does all of that while making you think even. So yeah. like yeah. I, I knew from everything. the yeah, it was on my list at the beginning just because I, I tend to really enjoy no matter what these sort of like more philosophical mm-hmm. sort of like exploratory sort of films. And visually stunning. I was like, no, this is definitely going to be, and Michelle Yao, all this is really, really good. And it delivered more than I even expected, which is, is incredible. I expected a lot and I liked it even more than I thought I would. Um, Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It's, it might, it it immediately goes onto my list of like favorite movies ever easily. I would sit and watch it again. Oh yeah. I went home and immediately, I also immediately told Patrick that he would really enjoy it. And, And that's the other thing I think I could. I think everyone can enjoy this film. I would recommend this to everybody. I don't think that there's a person alive. There are people alive. (laughs) Let's be real. There will be dissenters who will say whatever things they're going to say about what they didn't like about this film, about it's too much nonsense. It was silly. They didn't like that it was silly. They wanted it to be more (laughs) serious and it was too much fun and blah, blah, blah. And they'll they'll have their qualms about it. But I would literally recommend it to everyone um it is easily my favorite film of the year definitely goes onto my list of favorite films of all time for sure well that's our recommendation please google it look on your apps if it's not playing in a main chain uh it's definitely worth seeing at your local find it you can do it indie theater it will be there i know i know that it's a little bit of a messy rollout but it's worth seeking out it's that good (laughs) now speaking of that good let's talk about ms michelle yao who funnily enough a few years back we had that conversation of hmm i really want a michelle yao renaissance we're seeing some other stars you can actually revisit our review of Shang-Chi and hear us literally say this was a vast underutilization of Michelle Yao. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about her use uh, in mainstream things recently, but uh, it was around Crazy Rich Asians and she was kind of getting talked about in a different project. And it was just like, why haven't we heard from her much since, you know, the early 2000s when we had Memoirs of a Geisha and of course Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and she was such a talent and we all loved her. And then nothing until she comes back as a mother figure. And we were like, oh, I really want her to come back and have the renaissance she deserves. And we're, we're finally getting there. She has her first American production leading role ever in her career with everything everywhere all at once. Amazing. And uh, I'm just, yeah. So let's let's talk about those two. The iconic one that introduced her to most Americans, where she really became a name that people recognize, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, one of her iconic roles. Yeah. <laughs> one of the roles Americans most closely associate with her. So my, uh, my journey into film nerddom kind of really sparked. Um, around the time that all of these Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon and Hero and House of Flying Daggers all came out. Um, and so the, these movies, to, uh, Michelle Yeah, I think to me already has like this special place in my brain um, just because of it, it's that sparked so much of like what I think of as like a gorgeous, beautiful, incredible film of like, oh, wow, the fight scenes are incredible. The shots are just gorgeous. This is magical. And the 
the story is moving and um and you know crouching tiger tiger hidden dragon was a big deal because it was a foreign language film that all the americans were talking about yeah i mean it took uh the box office it went big it got nominated at the oscars i mean it was it was a it was a big deal even for us with a foreign language film that we were like yes we love it (laughs) (laughs) and obviously i mean come on the fight choreography was put in pretty much everything else to shame that we had seen i think that's why we were all so taken aback we were like whoa (laughs) i've never seen fights like this yeah and it was and it it's influenced that and the matrix have influenced fights choreography in film that 2099 those two films like revolutionized action filmmaking single-handedly so what is what's like your can they jump really really high and do they go slow those are the two like things that (laughs) have gone now to to be fair um just before crouching tiger hidden dragon came out she was in tomorrow never dies she was she was a a bond girl but yeah crouching tiger hidden dragon was the bigger thing the the problem is we're all just like people don't like tomorrow never dies right so we're like she was fine in, as a bond girl but we a lot of us tried to like whoop, put those pierce brosnan in bond movies. <laughs> i loved pierce brosnan. i know but <laughs> he to me is exactly what james bond tomorrow is never dies <laughs> less growth than all of the early bonds uh, and yes i mean <laughs> but a little more of that i don't know i don't know i just i just like i mean we, i we mean love Pierce Brosnan in general. let's just let's be, be real i like him because he was my bond he was the yep. first bond that like i was exposed to <laughs> as a child and so forevermore he is going to be the one that i decided is the best one uh, uh, but, but anyways uh, what was our other early film that you remember seeing uh that's it so that was, those were the two okay. earliest ones um and then he kind of talked about these other what ones was the danny boyle movie she's in Oh, uh, let's see here. I'm over here in her little, I mean, she was in Memoirs of Asia. Yes, she's in Sunshine. Yeah, the Memoirs we all saw. Yeah, so Sunshine was a little bit later um, yes. from Danny Boyle. That's the um, thriller. <laughs> yes. You're like, yeah, you laugh at it. <laughs> I, I actually can barely remember it. I know I've I know. seen I was it. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of Danny Boyle's films, but he, he's an up and down director. Sometimes he hits good. And then sometimes I'm like, mm, okay, Danny, I don't know what's going on anymore. But um, it was like one of the early like slow burn thrillers, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. So that was an interesting role because it kind of broke out. So she starts with an action-y movie, but she's the Bond girl with Tomorrow Never Dies. Then she goes like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Memoirs of a Geisha. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to come back like kind of outside of just Asian, you know, influence um, with this sunshine from Danny Boyle. <laughs> um, but then, I mean... I know I'm like looking at her IMDb and it's just like, she did, it looks like she did a bunch of stuff in china for a while yeah, so she did that she obviously voices a character in the second kung fu panda movie uh, which you know and then marvel completely wastes her the first time around so <laughs> they waste her twice really but they have a chance to redeem themselves still with the second one but the first time they cast her as this random throwaway woman in guardians of the galaxy volume two she's like so that she's with that little sylvester stallone gang uh oh yeah she is just one of those (laughs) like i was uh, see this is why marvel remember how glenn close was like literally a random person in guardians one and did nothing 
Uh, so I'm you like, you can't reuse <laughs> them, guys. <laughs> casting these amazing older women and wasting them, Marvel. I'm tired. Uh, so they waste her. But then, of course, the big film that really kind of so scored, they did reuse her. <laughs> except they did, yeah. They reused two Asian actresses now, so that's a weird. You know, because there's only two of them. Yeah, it's a it's a problem, Marvel. But I, I mean, I'm glad you gave her another chance. But we're gonna need to use her better still. But Crazy Rich Asians really kind of sparked that her was, yes. presence back in. Not that people going, oh, she's great. Remember her? Oh my god. I mean, so I part of the thing is that like I think she was kind of understood to be more of like a, a female Asian action yes. star. Um, when we were at the film uh, at the Sci Film Center, they mentioned from her background that she was a professional ballerina, mm-hmm. and that was her training. And then, yeah, so she she is a physical performer um, mm-hmm. at her core. Um, so it makes sense that she kind of ended up transitioning into these fight oriented yeah. films. Um, but I think Crazy Rich Asians was the first time that we all went, oh yeah, this bitch can act. That's so right. <laughs> yeah, she she was really good in Crazy Rich Asians. And I don't think she was necessarily underutilized, um, but it certainly was a moment of like, oh my God, give this woman a starring role. Yeah, let's not, yeah, let's not now pigeonhole her because she got kind of pigeonholed early on as action woman. Let's yeah. not now pigeonhole her as mom. You know, like right. we don't want to, <laughs> don't just no, make no, no, her no, 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 legal yeah. mother. Like, no, 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 uh, there's more going on. Which, Which is think- one of the nice things about everything everywhere all at once. She is cast as a mom, but- And she does action. What's crucial here is that in everything everywhere all at once, she is more than a mother and that is kind of the struggle i think and that is that is what we need to talk about with motherhood is yes. like becoming a mother and like what that means to your identity and how much it changes how the world perceives you how you perceive yourself um and like how your life goes when you become this caretaker this this wow. this you have this thing in your body that you then like become the the sole yeah. source of comfort and and how it can derail your life or does it derail your life? Does it just take it on a different track? Um, but anyways, she yeah. is she is the overbearing, she's the quintessential <laughs> overbearing Asian mother in Crazy Rich Asian. Very intimidating. <laughs> Very intimidating. <laughs> and then she gets to be kind of fun in Last Christmas. Like she has this kind yes. of ridiculous, oh, she's, she's like a so shop cute. owner. <laughs> with her little like side <laughs> story with a little dude that she's into. I like her, that she got a moment to be like, grumpy not in a like yeah. severe way she was like grumpy in a like sassy way in that well, movie because amelia clark's character was also not a great employee so no, you're like i get it i get why homegirl gets mad at you because you're not a very good worker yeah uh that's like the film full of people that i just am screaming to please be cast in things in good things i'm like henry holding i am begging for you to be bond honestly but i'm just like begging for you to get another great role amelia clark we all know it has been a damn struggle post game of thrones and uh you are my queen i adore you amelia please we need to get you into more good movies and then michelle in a marvel movie right so she is going to be in secret invasions um the unfortunate part is every time she jumps into what should probably be some a good career decision, she gets on these franchises and then it's terrible. Like Terminator, like 
Rogue, uh, not Rogue One, Solo, a Star Wars story. Like every time she gets into these big ones, it turns out a disaster. So I'm like, oh God. Um, but yeah, uh, last Christmas was fun. Then last year, she was basically uh, wasted twice. So we had gunpowder milkshake. Ugh. Which, oh my God, what a disappointing piece of film. You have um, Angela Bassett, you have Lena Headey, you have Michelle that- Yeoh. And then we're focusing on Karen Gillan, who could be good, but this character was so bland. I would and- argue that that was the most disappointing film of 2021 for me. So I think, sad. was it on my list? I think it might have been on my list. Oh, Gunpowder oh. Milkshake is a hot, like, it's just, <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a hot mess. It's just like, it doesn't Man. make any sense based on who you have in it and the basic plot line. It should be fun and it is not at all. It is not fun. It is boring and it is disjointed and not engaging and too long and also too short. And I just wanted to follow them though. I mean, I guess that's the testament to having like Michelle and um, Angela Bassett over here. I'm like, yes. I would rather we had followed them the whole movie. Like, yeah. make it about this society yeah, well, of that as women. Also, one of the problems of the film, right, is that, like, we made the older women the maternal characters, yeah. and let's focus on the hot young woman who's the new thing that we care about in film right now. Like, that's... And that's- honestly, even then, you're like, when her and Lena Headey are running around, Lena eats her up. Like, you're, she's way more an interesting character way better present you're like nah lena Heaty should have been the lead of this movie not you karen i'm sorry but uh yeah you know she's I've, old i so. have yet to be wowed by anything karen gilliland has done and <laughs> i watched her all through her entire she's certainly not my favorite of the companions on doctor who she's she actually kind of sucks to be honest <laughs> i don't i don't think it's necessarily the actress's fault i think the character is kind of an asshole um, they've written her to be a bit of an asshole. Um, but yeah, I just have Karen. not find any, find, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, she's probably her best things are, um, Why like her in galaxy. Oculus. Have you seen Oculus? Maybe not. The horror movie. Uh, I, I really like, I think it's super underrated horror movie. She's good in that. So it's Brenton Thwaites. Um, Apparently she had this really interesting movie that came out of Sundance. I think it's called like The Duel, where she plays two parts. Um, but it leans into that kind of robotic nature of Carrie, like that she gives off. Um, yeah. So she's kind of that actress. Like <laughs> you know what you're gonna get with Karen. So I, I, I think guess. that's why Nebula works well enough because she's literally a robot Nebula. in Marvel. So yeah. you know she worked fine there. I feel like being <sighs> I feel like being a robot is not like a thing that should be like your signature <laughs> acting feat. Like that's not a good sign if being <laughs> a robot is the thing you're best at probably not i mean even fucking arnold schwarzenegger managed to pull a few different performances out my friend tyler my friend tyler's really gonna go ham on ren this uh thing because he loves karen gillen uh but listen she's Fine. She's fine. She's never like offensively bad. That's the thing with her. She's like, never she, offensively bad. I never, never like, wow, good. that was terrible. She just ruined the whole film. Like, right. Gunpowder Milkshake right. came close, but that was more because. I don't think it's her fault. Uh, it's not her fault. Milkshake was it was the, the director's of, fault. The director and the script. Just, and the script. And Netflix for turning it into a film. I don't know. Uh, 
And Netflix were great. <laughs> there was nothing good about it. No, you know what was good about it? I thought like the visual, uh, like the yeah. costumes and the sets and everything were all very well done. That was another thing that I was like, man, what a wasted opportunity yeah. here. What the whole film was a wasted money. opportunity because I was pretty hyped for it and it was all waste. Uh, but then Marvel uh, decides to recast Michelle Yeoh because they looked and were like, wow. Did we drop the ball or what? By putting her as this random ass woman that will never be seen again. Uh, let's bring her back for our Asian lead. For our action movies, wherein our main characters fight people. Uh, every time, multiple times, centered around fighting. Jeez. Let's waste one of history's greatest female action stars. Oh, it was so, like, I was excited they brought her back. I was like, okay, Shang-Chi, we got a lot of, you know, it's obviously heavily martial arts related. If they knew what was good for them, they would do a spinoff with the sister and her together, and then we can just watch that. Because that's a big problem there, is we have, you know, Shang-Chi, and we have his little friend played by Aquafina, and you're just like, okay, I mean, he's hot. (laughs) That He's very attractive. And I did he, not care he, about the characters. Lots of shirtlessness. We're cool with that. Cool, cool. Sure. Um, but his sister is so much more interesting. And then once we get to that village, uh, she does a little training montage with him for a sec. And then when we get to the actual battle, she does nothing. Like, we don't even get an action set with Michelle Yao in this big Marvel battle. Everyone's fighting and we don't get that. What? <laughs> what is going on? Am I am I in an alternate universe? Because I don't understand how that was and allowed I'm to happen. I'm still the bad guy for saying Shang-Chi was a <laughs> mediocre at best. Also, we have like Aqu- oh, fun fact, Aquafina originally was cast to play the daughter in everything, everywhere, all at once. But uh, there was a scheduling conflict when it ultimately happened. I think it's for the best, honestly. Uh, after seeing the film, I'm really, I'm glad that scheduling conflict arose because this, I think what we got was perfect, so. Also, I would like more than two Asian actresses, yes. please. <laughs> we're Let's begging. Out. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're slowly going there and, and other people, I don't know. Uh, I, Stephanie Sue is so cute. She's so cute. Yeah, I was like, we've seen her in The Farewell, and I do think Aquafina was able to bring dramatic acting to that really well. So I think she can do it. It just, I was glad to see somebody else given this chance, and she knocked it out of the park. So. Killed it. Marvel, I know you're going to make a Shang-Chi sequel. If you don't give Michelle more to do in that damn sequel, and I have no faith that they will. That's my problem. I highly no, suspect Here's what you need to do. do Marvel. <laughs> Marvel. Here's what you need to do. You need to kill off Shang-Chi and give all of the power to the sister and move on from there. Of all the first- like, <laughs> like of all of the characters that they're like swapping out for like different types of people, different yeah. why the I <laughs> I don't know if it's there. I don't know whose fault it is that the sister is so much more interesting than the brother. <laughs> but somebody needs to somebody make up for that mistake. <laughs> I, just... I understand that we need to have lots of different types of people, but also 
<laughs> way less bo- he's so boring he's not I mean, a that's the problem i mean lead men in hero movies it's hard it's hard to make them interesting a lot of the time i think that's what white dudes don't understand in general the 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 male hero at the center of film gets boring so just because you change the race we can add some others you know little flares you still need to make them an interesting character at the also, base so maybe give them a more interesting storyline like obviously we can do this that moon knight just came out that's an interesting i've got one episode and i'm like yes this is an interesting fucking backstory listen, i don't I even am, know what's happening you understand me i am so oh, that person, <laughs> listen just a quick segue into people i love and adore oscar isaac um i am so happy that that first episode was so damn good and Moon Knight looks so, so incredible. I'm very excited. Honestly. But it is an example of the fact that Marvel can, in yes. fact, create characters that have interesting backstories and Shang-Chi took every interesting character and put them on the sidelines. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when we look at the heroes thing, a lot of times our favorite character is not the lead hero. Correct. It's the side characters because they're usually more interesting. The person at the, the other, center is kind of boring most of the time. We're like, okay, the other well, core well. problem with Shang-Chi, as I said in our review, is it just follows the hero's journey beat for beat. And that in and of itself made it boring. <laughs> there was nothing to like, we love this story, but you have yeah. to do something else this story that we've heard a million times, you have to do something else to make it interesting. And they didn't do anything else. Lord. I mean, get her again, y'all. Get her again. <laughs> Go ahead. Come for me. I don't care. Shang-Chi was not. The, uh, time will show. Just- Shang-Chi was not the best. As we expand <laughs> and there are even more films that delve into these more interesting worlds time will display that shang chi was mediocre in the universe at best anyways but uh that was the last time we saw michelle yao yeah we're not really watching uh star trek discovery i'm sorry um i've never really been a big star trek person and we all know I'm not a TV person, so that I'm a little happen. more Star Wars than I am Star yeah, Trek. Although too. I am a child of the '90s, so next gen Captain <laughs> Picard, woo! But that's like that's about that's the extent of my looking, Star Trek knowledge. Looking forward, she has a lot of voice work. She's in Minions Two. She's in this movie called Pause of Fury, um, and then I thought I saw another voice credit, but I'm like, okay, voice work. And then she saddled with Avatar. Uh, she'll be in Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5, all on her IMDb coming up. Well, good for her. So, you know. Um, I was just looking and going, whoa, she's got shit up into two, 2028. Oh, all the Avatar. <laughs> oh, <movies>. Avatar. Um, <laughs> can't wait to talk about that probably train wreck. I just can't believe that Avatar is going to be any good. I just don't believe it for a second. I'm excited for Much this Witcher blood it. origin, though. I mean, yeah. part of what I love about Witcher is sexy Henry Cavill, I will not lie. So not having Henry sexy Cavill, as, as, if you give me Michelle Yao and something cool, we can I make up for it. I did not get enough sexy Henry Cavill <laughs> in the last season, so now I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested in this blood origin. Yeah. Though, so I'm just generally interested. <laughs> we're fantasy nerds, so I'm just yep, generally yep. interested in everything to do with the, the like mythology of the witch. Not Avatar fantasy. That fantasy is a little bit too generic. I think maybe. Um, not fantasy it's, it's 
Cameron. James Cameron. It's just Jumbo a James Jumbo. Cameron story. It's James Cameron's take on Pocahontas. I was going to say, it's just, his take on Fern Gully. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. And we'll yeah. see how they're going to expand that story more. I don't know. But this, uh, I don't know what it's this school why? for good and evil is, but it sounds like a cool title. I just, it does look cool. I can't, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to Avatar. Why in the world <laughs> would they give him so much money to make five of them for this movie that hasn't been out forever? And like the reason that Avatar was big when it came out was because the fucking technology yeah. was so new. We were all like, holy shit, 3D, look at all this incredible CGI. It's fucking 2022. I don't care about blue people. We've been making yeah. fun of the blue people for the last 10 years. <laughs> And nobody cares. Like uh, for a film, you know, it's the second highest grossing film of all time. It hasn't stuck with the zeitgeist, you know, like it, it no. wasn't not even like Titanic, you know, Titanic stuck yeah. with culture. That's the James Cameron movie that stuck Terminator, you know, like he has movies that stuck with us forever. Avatar, uh, we all kind of moved on and forgot. Like, so why, sure are we did. why are we doing a sequel over a decade later? <laughs> and not only that, uh, four sequels um that's yeah, too no. many this uh, is i i'm gonna say it right here right now on this podcast this is a heaven's gate five films worth of heaven's gate just a, I'm, uh, I re that was these like, poor it, it, people that were convinced bottle. to put all their money into these films this is there is no way <laughs> avatar 2 will bomb and they're going to then they're, they're stuck, stuck with three more that will progressively see less what since when has a fifth installation of a film franchise been worth a James Cameron level investment and and you know already and they can't back out cuz they already filmed like avatar 2 and 3 are in post production now 4 and 5 are still filming like they they went all in like they said yes this will be a five series franchise <laughs> whether or not number two bombs or not like everybody else you have to wait you have to wait till your movie comes out before we tell you yes or no to letting you do anything ever again but that oh no we're going to greenlit four sequels <laughs> like, wow. the rest of y'all will never work again but james can <laughs> But I mean, good for Michelle. I like that paycheck, girl. Get that money. <laughs> yeah, great for Michelle. Yeah, she's well, got her money. I'm glad your book till 2028 <laughs> in something at least we know we'll even if you're blue. I don't know if you're going to be blue or what your character that's is. A, that's another thing I have to say about Michelle. Yeah, looking through her like IMDb page, this is a working actress. This is a woman who she doesn't seem to have a. a an ego on her shoulder uh -huh. that makes her say, I'm too good to do voice work for Kung, Kung Fu Panda 2. Because she is. But she did it anyways. Yeah, she, she'll come on board. She'll do these random projects that we've seen. And I'm just glad. I'm glad she's back in the forefront of film lovers' minds. And hopefully... Yeah. I think this is going to be a big... I think Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to be a big boom this, for her. This is like... Again, this is such... This is a star vehicle that I love to see. Because mm -hmm. it, it literally displays everything she does so well and mm -hmm. she kills it all like and yep. she is the star of this movie that just 
nails it. And Larry, weren't you saying you asked the Daniels a uh, question about it? Yeah. So I have an interview and I got to interview the Daniels and I asked them, you know, like how to, you know, this is your second film. Obviously they got Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe in their first one. So they have to have something going on. But, um, you know, this is like a second film. We've only done that one indie. How were you able to secure like these names like Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis? And they were like, yeah, when we wrote the script, we titled the main character Michelle because that's who we wanted. That is all we were envisioning with this character. And she was so flattered that people uh you know had taken the time to to make some things for her and she said she was excited to kind of break out of of what she had been doing recently with this regal type of thing that she was on uh and get to do something different and be a little exciting. messy yeah be messy <laughs> be fun be goofy uh -huh. all of the things uh so she was just so flattered that she accepted quickly and then that got jamie lee was like i really want to work with michelle Yao," so she jumped on board <laughs> <laughs> so I loved it. I was like, yes. Uh, and I'm glad others recognized her and hadn't forgotten about her and, and were excited to, to give her this vehicle, which please go see it. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> we're at the end of this podcast now and not talking as much about it, but please go see it so that it makes money and we get more. I mean, I guess A24, they're kind of like, whether we make money or we lose, we're still going to make crazy bets crazy stuff uh but uh, please go see it and tell your friends when you enjoy it how much you enjoyed it because yes. it deserves awesome. i hope it gets nominated for its costume design at a bare minimum and i hope bare michelle minimum. yao gets a, a, a best actress at least get us yeah i know it's coming out so early but we're, we're gonna that's be doing my concern yeah. is that because it's like you know it's we're March. gonna do our part to be trying to make sure we're talking about it at least come december we're gonna be yes. talking about her this whole the whole production will be on our lips so yeah. between this and then batman's makeup uh don't forget about these march movies who at least in these two technical categories don't play oscars batman for best makeup and everything everywhere all at once at They're least play. costumes <laughs> that's are. what they do <laughs> but that was it that was our discussion for everything everywhere all at once and michelle yell's filmography Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review us on whatever place you are listening to this podcast and follow us so you're always up to date when we do upload because as you've noticed, it is a little bit sporadic. Uh, <laughs> but make sure to also be following our social media so that you see those posts as well over at Cinema Snarks on Instagram and it's Twitter. It's not sporadic. It's calculated based on us giving you quality over quantity when we're excited about things we hop on this damn microphone yeah uh, <laughs> Rand, make where can the sure folks, we do it where can the folks follow you along they can find me on twitter at ren manley or you can find me on instagram at renny 13 perfect and you can follow me at chili boy yt on twitter and chili boy productions on instagram and youtube well we look forward to getting snarky with you on the next one, and we'll catch you then. Hi!